All right, good morning. Y'all doing all right? Okay, now let me ask you this question this morning. Have you ever been going somewhere and at the same exact time do not know where you're going or have no idea where you're going? Okay, like think about this. Okay, here's an example. Me and Sloan, uh, this has been a couple years ago. We were going to this cabin in um, in Pigeon Forge, you know, like the airbrush t-shirt capital of the world, okay? So we're driving to Pigeon Forge and have this little cabin, it's just me and her, and we're going for a few days. And so we start driving and a lot of us have been to like Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville area. And as we're driving, you know, you go 26 to 40 and then you just get right off the interstate and kind of go down a couple miles and you're right there um, in Pigeon Forge. But for some reason, I always use Waze. Any, any Waze app fans? Okay, I'm with you. All right, I like rely on that thing. I'm like, how do I get home? All right, that's, that's just me. But anyway, I'm looking at Waze and it's telling us not to go um, the way that we normally go, but to make a left. We're probably like, I don't know, 30 minutes out or so. It said, make a left right here. And I had no clue where we were going, but Waze is saying that. And Waze is usually pretty good of saying, hey, like there's an accident ahead. So like detour this way. And so I'm like, okay, I'm making a left. My wife Sloan's like, why are you going this way? I'm like, well, Waze is telling me to do this. And she's like, don't trust Waze. I'm like, no, I'm trusting Waze right now. So we turn, we turn left and it's dark at this time. And before you know it, we're driving And like, we were in the middle of nowhere. Have you ever been in this kind of spot? Okay, we're like in the middle of nowhere. It's just woods. It's like these narrow, twisty, turny roads going everywhere. And guys, you know what what this is like. Like my wife is saying, you should have just went straight. I don't know why you did this. You have no idea where you're going. And as guys, our pride is like, this is gonna be a shortcut. Ways, I'm trusting ways. You shouldn't have trust ways. And about at that point, you know, Waze loses internet, right? And it's like searching for satellites or redirecting or like, I always hate when it's like, make a U-turn. I'm like, no, I don't want to make a U-turn, you know? And so we're, we're just driving. I'm like, hey, we, I know where we're going. It's, it's going to pick up. Let's just keep driving. And we're going and it's just stressful. I can't see well at night. So I'm stressed. Sun's like, just turn around. I'm like, no, this is going to be a shortcut. And we're going all this other stuff. And I have no idea where we're going, but we finally made it. We made it safe. Uh, amongst all the stress, um, we'll need marriage counseling, you know, still because of that. But we get there safe and sound and all that kind of stuff. But um, ends up that we were actually driving through the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. <laughs> and we're just in the middle of nowhere. So we're driving through that. But I share that because a lot of times when it comes to parenting, it feels like that. It feels like we know where we're going but at the same exact time, we have no idea how to get there. And this is what I mean by that. I think all of us, if you're a parent, you want to be a good parent. Uh, you, you think, hey, I want good kids. I want to be a good parent. We say things like, hey, I want to um, have a better, I want my kids to have a better life than I did growing up. And so um, we, we want good kids. We want to do that. So what we end up doing is, hey, we read some books, we listen to some podcasts. We might even pick up some things as parents that our parents did that we thought were good. But then it's like, I don't know, this is just me personally. When I turned 30, there was like a light bulb moment where I realized some of the things that I do are actually like my parents that I swore that I wouldn't do. Anybody, you with me? Okay. And, and so I picked, well, you pick up some of those things and you want good kids. I mean, I've never met a parent that when their child is born, 
and you're in the hospital and you're looking into the newborn's eyes, you say, I cannot wait to screw up your life, son. <laughs> you know, I cannot wait to screw up your life, daughter. No, you want to be a good parent and you want to do things well. But it seems like so many times we know what the end result, what we want our kids to be like, but how do we get there? And so often we we have all this great advice and we're, you know, we're in the culture of like information overload and reading books and podcasts and everything. And ultimately what we end up doing, and I'm guilty of this, we end up the measuring stick for us is saying, hey, look at those kids over there and thank God my kids are not that bad, right? We use that as a measuring stick or we look at other parents and we say, Man, we're doing something right because we are not like those parents. You know what I'm saying? Like you've all been in the Walmart where the kid has lost it. Like everything goes down in Walmart. And so you've been in the Walmart and the kid just drops down, is like pitching a fit. And you're like, if that was my kids, you know, you know, and you fill in the blank type thing. But we've all been there and we look and we say, hey, but at the end of the day, as believers, our standard as parents of raising kids should be the Bible. Not what our culture says, not, hey, I want to be my kid's best friend. I want to be the cool parent. I could care less if my kids think I'm the cool parent. Who cares, all right? Like, I want to parent according to Scripture. And, and the manual that God has given us in the Bible of what it means and what it looks like for us to be these parents that aren't basing our decisions of raising our kids on the world, but on Scripture. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy 6, where uh, we picked up in this series, Full House, talking about the family. Um, and if you remember, Moses has been leading the Israelites for about 40 years in great wilderness. They're about to come to the promised land that God's giving them. And um, we, uh, we see that Moses is actually charging the Israelites. We saw this last week in this really section of scripture called the Shema. And it's really this huge confession of faith, especially um, in Judaism. But it's Moses challenging the people, do not make the same mistake that your parents made. And so let me kind of teach you some of these things. And last week we saw, and this is true whether you're a parent or not. He said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. So whether you're a parent or not, whether you think you're doing a good job or not, as a believer... That's a great principle to have for us to love the Lord. We talked about that last week. And if you're a parent or even in your family, you loving the Lord should be something that is true, that is authentic, that is contagious across the board, whether it's with your weird, crazy uncle, whether it's with your nephews and nieces that you just, you want to spank, but you can't, you know, and everywhere, everyone in between, you loving the Lord is the, is the number one principle in all of our lives, or it should be. And so uh, Moses hits on that, but then he's going to really give us, and we're going to see this this morning, in just a few short verses, some really good quality principles of how do we teach our kids to love the Lord? All right, how do we do that? And so let's read together chapter six. We're gonna start in verse um, seven. He says this, um, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes 
and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. All right, so Moses talks about the importance of loving the Lord. That should be um, set in stone. But then he charges the parents of these things. And I think the overarching theme of what he's saying, and we see this all throughout scripture, is that uh, parents are the primary disciple makers of the home. Parents are the primary disciple makers of the home. I think we're all guilty in some level, maybe some more than others, where we outsource our parenting when it comes to spiritual things. Or just, okay, maybe not spiritual things. We say, hey, that's the teacher's job. Let, let the teachers at school do that. They, they spend X amount of hours um, at school. And so just let, let, let our kids be taught by them. Or if it's not that, let the coaches do it. They, they play sports. So we're gonna let the coaches pour, pour into our kids. Let them be responsible for that. Or even just let their friends teach them or their friends' parents teach them those things. And so while it is so good, to have those people and what I would say widen the circle in our parenting. Like I want more people to pour into my kids than just me and Sloan. I want my kids to have other people who are echoing the same thing that me and Sloan are trying to instill in them in their life. I want that. But the primary responsibility of the discipling of our kids is the job of me and Sloan. Parents, it is your job as primary disciplers. It's not your coaches, not teachers, not even the church. We are supplemental. And as parents, you spend more time than anybody with your kids, showing them and modeling who Jesus is in their life and to do it in a, in a real way. So we can't, we can't outsource that. And so through that, he's, he's, uh, Moses is challenging the parents. He's saying, you're going to teach these things to your children. Parents, wake up. You know, you got to teach these things. And so then he really kind of gives three ways of how we should be leading our children to love the Lord. The first one we see, you shall teach them diligently to your children. So as primary disciple makers, parents should be diligent. We need to be diligent. And when I think of diligent, I think of, I don't know if you're an athlete or consider yourself an athlete, or if maybe you don't and you've still done this. If you've ever run uh, or ran a 5K or like a marathon or a triathlon or anything like that, maybe you've been like a weight loss journey. Um, you know that when it comes to being diligent with those things, you have to be super intentional. Like, like they make like couch to 5K programs where you're doing all this training, you know, to kind of build up your stamina. If you're training for a marathon, you have to be able to pace yourself and do all these different programs and do all that. If you're doing weight loss, you have to be super intentional. You have to count your calories. You have to work out. You, it doesn't just happen, right? I'll tell you, the one time um, my family... Oh, well, I guess it's my family. It's really Sloan's family. Um, but they were going to run a turkey trot on Thanksgiving. They were going to do a 5K. Now, I've never done a 5K in my life. I couldn't tell you the last time I ran a mile, all right? And they were like, hey, let's sign up for this. And I felt the peer pressure. I was the only one not signed up. So I was like, okay, I'll sign up for this turkey trot. Let's do this. Well, life got in the way and I thought I was going to train. Well, I didn't. So that day, I couldn't tell you, it's been like years since I ran. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own this thing, <laughs> right? So I just got out there and ran a 5K. What do you think happened? Okay, I'll tell you for a week straight, let me tell you what happened. I was walking like this. 
Have you ever been there, right? I was so sore, man, it owned me. I remember that first mile, I was all good, adrenaline pumping. I got my, my uh, earbuds in, I'm rocking out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That second mile, I'm like, okay, a little bit slower pace. That third mile, I thought I was going to die, right? And it's like the last, I don't even know, half a mile. Man, I'm like, I, I gotta quit. I gotta do this. And it's like parenting, it's like that. But we have to be diligent. We have to be intentional. We have to work hard in leading our, uh, our kids in, in this intentionality um, of this. And you think about this, we have to imagine with the end in mind. And our goal as parents, our goal is not to have good kids, but godly kids. Think about that. If you're a believer, I think we want our kids to be good kids. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like I want my kids to make good grades. I want them to be good in school. I want them to behave. I want them to listen and to obey their teachers. I want them to have good character. But at the end of the day, I cannot let those things be the driving force of my parenting. My parenting, the driving force needs to be, I want godly kids. I want kids that see other people like Jesus. I want kids that, are, that desire to read the Bible, to pray and to talk to God. And you know what's interesting? is that when that is the goal, as an outflow of godliness comes good grades because they see the excellence that God wants of them. They see compassion and love for others. So they're a kind friend. They're not jerks, you know, with that. They listen to their teachers. They listen to their parents. Not all the time. I'm not saying they're, they're perfect. But when you put God in the front of, oh, I just want them to be well-rounded, well, they can be well-rounded, but let, let, let the first priority be, hey, I'm going to lead them and I'm going to lead our kids with great intentionality in this. Now, there's an author speaker named Paul David Tripp. I don't know if you've heard of him. He wrote this book about parenting. It's really creative. It's called Parenting, okay? And you can go get it. And I love it. It's probably, in my opinion, one of the best parenting books out there. But I'm going to throw out this disclaimer. It's not a parenting book that's like, hey, you know, when your kid is screaming and you can't get a toy out of their hand and you just want to pull all their hair out, but they're pulling your hair out, um, how to deal with that. It's not that. But it's really a bigger picture of how to disciple our children. And he says this quote in, in, in the book Parenting. He says, your job is to be God's tool for the purpose of forming the image of God's son in your children. Okay, let me repeat that. Your job is to be God's tool for the purpose of forming the image of God's son in your children. So your job as a parent, as the primary discipler, is not, your job is not that they're the best athlete, that they're Valley Victorian of their school, that you know, all these accolades. If that stuff happens, great. I hope your kids are like that. I want my kids to do that. But our job, as Paul David Tripp is reiterating scripture, is to be a tool that God is using to form the image of God's son, Jesus, within our children. And you might be saying, I don't see God's son, Jesus, in, in my kids. What I see is Satan, <laughs> okay? I see Satan in my kids. Well, let me just be real, okay? I'm gonna step on some toes. Whose responsibility is that? Who's, whose job is it that if your kid's acting like Satan, it didn't just happen, maybe you're, you're missing some intentionality in those things. And I'm not saying I'm the perfect parent and have all the answers. I'm just saying at the end of the day, we're responsible for the way our kids act. 
And so, and it starts with intentionality to say, hey, I need to be intentional about these things and raising them in this. And I have to be diligent. It is hard work being a parent. I remember this quote that I heard a long time ago about Mark Twain. He said, when your kids are born or when you become a parent, put your kids in a, uh, like a wine barrel and feed them through the notch hole. That's what he said. He said, when they become a teenager, plug the hole. That's what he said. I'm like, that is so true. Okay. As a, as a parent of a middle schooler, but you think about it, it is so hard. And we have to be the ones that put in the hard work spiritually. And we're diligent with our kids to show them Jesus because that is our primary responsibility. So here's some things that we need to be doing. Okay, what does intentionality look like? Are you having family devotions? Or is the only time you're talking about God here on Sunday? Are you having family devotions? And what I mean by that, I'm not asking you to be Billy Graham and have a one hour service at the dinner table. But what I am saying is maybe read a verse, pray together other than the blessing. Like talk about it. Maybe it's before bedtime. Talk, talk about those things. Like let, let it be a part of your routine. Be intentional about that. Be intentional about when you see qualities in your kids to point out that that's not based on just their hard work, but from God. Look for opportunities where you can say, Hey, God did that. that. That was an opportunity. God helped you through that. Like, I thought I was going to fail that test and I got 100. God helped you in that moment. Look for opportunities to speak into them. Are you praying with your children? That's intentional. Are you before bed getting with your kids or before school bringing them in and saying, hey, can I, let me pray for you in that. It's intentional. We can't expect godly kids just because we go to church every now and then. So, uh, Moses is saying we need to be diligent in those things. The second thing that we can pull out is that we need to be consistent in, in our parenting. He, he says, hey, you want to talk about these things, talk about them uh, when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So everywhere you go, be consistent. Talk about it on your way to school in the car line. Talk about it on the way to sports practice. Talk about it on the way to dinner. Talk about it when things are tough. Talk about it when things are going good. Be consistent as a parent, not to just be like, hey, we're gonna talk about God on Sunday morning. Or I know some parents that are like, okay, okay. You know, like the kids are getting out of control. We're gonna have a family meeting. Family, come on, we're having a family meeting. We're going to fast for a week and we're going to pray for an hour right now. And it's like, okay, you know, dad's losing it. That we, we're consistently taking these steps and showing our kids what it is to follow Jesus. You and I know that successful parenting is always rooted in consistency. When you're, when you're a successful parent, man, there is consistency. There are things like, I remember when our kids were young, nap time was nap time. And it's not like, oh, we're just going to, when they got a little bit older, okay, you can skip or we'll delay it. But I, I, I kind of miss these days. Like I remember there was a point where all three of our boys, they were still taking naps and they would take a nap from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Three hours of bliss, okay? And it was great because they were all in the same routine. But you know that, they get fed at the same time when they're young, they do this. Another thing, no is no. In our house, you ask my kids, me and mom are on the same page. You're not going to go ask mom and she's going to tell you no. And then you come to good time dad and say, yeah, you could do that and try to pin us. We're on the same team. So whatever mom said, whatever dad said, it's consistency. 
And so it's doing these things in a, in, in a repeatable fashion to say, hey, we're gonna learn and I'm gonna show you how to love Jesus through this. And so, um, you know, we probably have all heard like Proverbs 22, um, six, where it talks about training up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not turn from it or should not depart from it. Now, this is great words of wisdom. But so often we look at this and we say, we, we treat it as a promise. Like if we, if we do this with our kids this way, ultimately they will not depart from it. Well, the, the book of Proverbs is not a promise. It's words of wisdom. Now, do I think there's a lot of truth in it? Yeah, I'm not saying it's a lie. If we teach and are training our kids consistently, chances are when they get old, they're gonna, they're gonna continue in their faith with Jesus. But it's not a promise. We know plenty of people, even some of you in this room, man, you did everything right as a parent to train them in the way that they should go. And they could care less about God right now. And there comes a point where we, we have to take responsibility for what we're doing as parents, but there comes a, part, a point in our kids' lives where it's their responsibility now. It's, it's up to them. It, their faith has to be theirs. And so it's, it, it, it is, if, as long as we have done our job, it's on them. But we have to be consistent with those things. It isn't a, hey, whenever we can kind of fit in church, let's just kind of do it when we go. Like, hey, we have all this other stuff on the weekends. It's all about priorities and saying, hey, this is important to us. These are the things that we're going to be consistent about. And that's how we're going to lead our family to, to love the Lord. And then finally, not only do we see him saying, hey, we need to be diligent. And not only do we need to be consistent, we need to be focused. And he's, Moses says this, and I love this. We don't, he's not literally saying this right now to us. Scripture, I think we would be weird if we did this, but it says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. Have you ever like written something to remind you on your hand? Okay, think about that. And then he says, they shall be frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So essentially this focus is that it's something visible in our lives. As parents, as we're raising our kids, our faith in Jesus isn't some mystery. It isn't some secret to our kids. We're living it out and they see it every single day in our lives. Not just a, okay, let's go to church, talk about God and leave. Now, I think this is so interesting. Uh, the Barna Group, which is a huge um, Christian um, research survey company, they, they found out, they did some research a couple years ago and, and um, they surveyed all these parents and one out of every five parent, parents said that they were doing a good job spiritually raising their kids. Think about that, one out of five. And so it shows that there's, there's like this question of, are we doing things right? Are we really focused? Do my kids actually see this? I was in student ministry uh, before coming here and I did this survey um, with our students, middle school and high school students. I was just curious to kind of see the spiritual climate in our families. And so a bunch of probably like 200 something middle school and high school students fill out the survey and asked a bunch of different questions. But one of the questions is, how often do you talk about God as a family outside of church? And it was like 75 to 80% said less than one time. Okay, an another question that we said, who would you say is the spiritual leader of your house? It was like 90% said mom. Another question, who would you talk to about spiritual things in your house? Mom or your dad? Once again, 90% mom. 
And so we look at these things and say, okay, why isn't it being modeled outside the walls of the church if they're primary or are the primary disciple makers in this? And that's, that just really convicted me that as parents, our kids need to see us modeling Jesus. It needs to be this authentic relationship that they see in us that it's not what we do, it is who we are. That they see in us that mom and dad love Jesus and you should too. And there's consistent things in this that you're gonna see in our life that we do. So just a, cu- a couple, I'll try to be super practical. One of the things that um, our family does, my, my kids are annoyed to it, annoyed with it sometimes. Every morning I drop my kids off um, at school. Um, two of them, our two youngest, go to elementary school and then our um, oldest is at middle school. So I take them both before I come to work. And I do that because I want some intentional time with them. And every time I drop them off, we do a Bible verse of the day and then I pray with them. That's just kind of my time with them. It's very, they know it, it's routine, it's consistent, it's showing them. And listen, there's sometimes I, I was telling Brian this past week, there was a verse from Habakkuk. Has anybody studied Habakkuk? Yeah, me neither. Okay. And I didn't, I had no clue what it was saying. And I literally, I, I read it and I usually ask our boys, Hey, what do you think that means? And we talk about it a little bit and pray as I'm dropping them off. And I was like, I have no idea what this verse means, but it was consistent. It was showing them and, and kind of walking through this. Hey, when we're modeling this, our kids need to see us praying together as a family. It's okay for us as parents to share with our kids. Hey, my job's like really, really rough right now. I'm struggling with my job. It's okay for them to hear that. Now, if your marriage is going through stuff, like I wouldn't show up at the family table and like to your kids be like, hey, me and your mom are really stressed. We're fighting a lot over our finances. And like, I'm just not sure if we're gonna make it, okay? You don't need to share that much, all right? It's not an AA meeting, all right? You just need to come and say things that they see that it's real. Like, it's okay for your kids to see that you're not some spiritual hero that has it all the answers and has it all together. That as you, as you receive grace, they see that. And so for them, to, for them to have that modeled and to be in focus in their lives is huge. And so I wanna close out really kind of with this, the sentiment with two challenges to you, all right? I think two challenges that so often get overlooked is one, as parents, mom and dad, you have to be fed as mom and dad. So often when kids come into the picture, Rightfully so, all your attention goes to them and what ends up happening a lot of times unintentionally is that you focus so much on your kids, the health of your marriage deteriorates. And as mom and dad, your priority is to be mom and dad, husband and wife first before you, have ki- before you, you um, raise kids. You have to make sure that you are where you need to be. And if you're not healthy and in a good place with your walk with the Lord, it's gonna be hard to kind of pour that into your kids. You following me? And so you have to be in a good place and you have to be proactive in that. And so let me just challenge you with this, that, hey, use this time on Sunday mornings as a break. Drop your kids off. Like who cares if they're crying, all right? Don't be like, oh, they're gonna hate me. They're not gonna hate you. You're not a horrible parent. Let them cry. Come in here so you can spend time as husband and wife, worshiping, digging into God's word and saying, this is, all, this is us time. This is, this is me time with me and my wife, me and my husband, that we're gonna do this together as you're growing in that. So you can then um, out of the overflow of that, pour into your kids. The second thing that I would say, 
Now I'm gonna step on some toes with this, guys. Is that men, scripture tells us we have to be the leaders of our home. And so often, wives are carrying that burden. They're carrying the weight of the spiritual leadership. And as guys, we need to step into that. We need to step up in that. And so maybe this afternoon, take a step. Maybe over lunch, say, hey, um, you know, maybe guys, you just need to apologize. Be like, hey, I haven't done anything. You've been carrying it all. And I need to start taking some steps. What are, what are some creative ways that we, maybe can I, can I lead a devotion? Or can I just pray every night? Whatever it is, start leading those things. Let your children see your authenticity and your relationship with God, not just a consumeristic church attendance. And then I would challenge you with this. And I say this not in a manipulative way, guys, because um, we can always use volunteers. We always need volunteers. But I think one of the greatest ways for you guys, for men, for your kids to see that you love Jesus is by serving. For them to see that you care about other people and you're gonna invest. I mean, that's what Jesus did. He served. And so as men, for us to step up, and I'm gonna tell you, I am so thankful for, we have a handful of guys that serve in our kids ministry. I am so thankful that my kids have other men speaking into their lives. They, they need that. And too often it's the women, no offense women, y'all do an awesome job, but we need more men to step up and serving kids or to greet. It's usually the wives are the first ones to do it. Men, step up and do that. And your kids will see, man, my dad is serving. My dad is investing in to other people. And it's huge. And allow us as primary disciples, uh, disciples of our kids, raise a generation that impacts generation after generation after generation and not repeat the same mistakes as our parents, but to be intentional, to, to really see and to be diligent and consistent and focused in those things. Let me pray for us. Father, parenting is so hard. Man, it's tiring. There's so many days as a parent, I feel like I'm so lost. I feel like I know where I wanna go, but I don't know how to get there. And as we look at your word as the source, as really the guide of how to do that, first you call us to love you with everything that we have. And then you, then you tell us as we, just, we can see in Moses' words that we have, to, we have to work hard and be diligent, do not quit. Even in the rough times, even in times where like, man, where do, where do we go wrong? But to be diligent and faithful and leading our kids to love you but we also need to be consistent. Let our no's be no's and our yes be yes. But at the same time, let our relationship with you be one that is so authentic that it is who we are. Not just things that we do, but it is in our identity that our kids are seeing it modeled with great consistency. And at the same time, it's focused, it's visible. Our kids see us praying. Our, sit, our kids hear us talking about God. Our kids see us serving other people. Not just coming and going, but they're seeing it's a part of our lives. And that, Father, that through that, I pray that our kids will see Jesus. And that there would be a time in their life where they give their life to you and they surrender to you and say, I want to follow Jesus because my parents love Jesus. God, help us do that. Give us great strength, even in days where we just wanna pull off our hair out and call it quits. Give us wisdom in those moments. Let us take a step, at least one step today to be that parent that brings great 
love and joy in our relationship with Jesus that is contagious to our kids. In your son's name, amen. Hey, let's stand up and close in worship and let us sing about this living hope that we can find that wisdom and that strength and being a parent.